Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. We're starting to creep up on the month of June. And like I said in the last few uh, episodes, we're going to be talking some open water stuff here just to kind of get us through the summer. And today we're going to talk about how to choose an open water fishing rod. Uh, We've got Blake here with us. Blake works with St. Croix. Uh, I work with Elliott Fishing Rods. So we both work with really good companies when it comes to fishing rods. And I think uh, today's discussion, hopefully, if you're still trying to gather some understanding that this is going to help you out a little bit. Um, Blake, when we're starting to uh, go pick out a fishing rod, what's kind of one of the first things that we should think about? I mean, there's obviously a lot of different components, a lot of different options. What's kind of the first option that you start thinking about? So, I mean, I guess to take a step back, there's really four things that I consider. Um, and it, I like to take these into consideration you know, primarily based on the species I'm going to target. So those four things are length, power, action, and composition. Uh, and, so, and we can kind of go into those a little bit better, uh, more detail. But really, I guess the first thing that I want to know before I go in to make a purchase is, you know, what species and what application am I purchasing this specific rod for? You know, it's it's not like the days of the past where you would just go in, you'd buy one rod, and you would use that for everything. I mean, I think in the past, a lot of us are guilty of using one rod kind of as a do-it-all and that's okay. But I I mean, if you really want to take your, your fishing game to the next level and accelerate um, some of these techniques, it's important to have the right tool for those, those specific things. So, you know, when it it comes to length, um, simply just the overall length of the rod and there's different situations that you would want a shorter rod, different situations that you'd want a longer rod. Um, if I'm going to be like in a vertical jigging situation, I typically rely on something shorter. So something in that five and a half to six and a half foot, my personal favorite is like a six to six, three. Uh, it just allows me to keep my baits really close to the boat. And oftentimes when I'm vertical jigging, uh, I want to make sure that I'm keeping it under my transducer. So that shorter length allows me to do that. Uh, with longer rods, I'm relying on those for cast. So, you know, typically you know, in the past, you'd see six, six and a half foot was kind of, that was the standard. Now you're seeing rods, eight, nine feet. I mean, there's, and some of the, like the steelhead salmon rods, there's stuff over 10 feet as well. So it's, there's a lot of options when it comes to length. Yeah, a lot of options out there. And some things to think about, you talked about, you know, jigging rods typically are going to be shorter. You know, your shorter rods are going to be more accurate when you're casting. Your longer rods mm-hmm. are going to get you more distance. Um, the other thing I would say is if you're going to be fishing out of a boat and if you typically put your fish in, or your rods in your rod locker in your boat, you know, that's going to limit you as well. You may have to look at going to two piece rods um, just because, you know, those rod lockers, a lot of times they're not going to, you're not going to be able to put an eight foot rod in those rod, in those lockers. Yeah, that's really kind of the high, the high end for most rod lockers I've seen is something in that eight foot range. That's why you'll see a lot of trolling rods which people like to have longer ones they they telescope or they're two piece mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's that's something to look at as well. Um, how about power now? Let's let's get into that. Um, what how how does that work? I know there's a lot of options out there. You know, you've got the heavy, you got medium, light, ultra light. Kind of go through that with the audience a little bit. Yeah, I think you know when it comes to power and action, these things are really related. Uh, you often hear these terms kind of thrown about like interchangeably, but they're not. They're two you know completely different things. Yes, they are are related but they are basically completely different things. Power is specifically the amount of force required to bend or flex the rod itself. So basically it's the stiffness. Um, so you, no matter where you go, you can find rods from ultralight, which we, you would use for things like panfish, all the way up to extra heavy or extra, extra heavy for things like muskies or some of the more saltwater oriented techniques. Um, <clears throat> And it's, it's important for two reasons. One, because it dictates the size of the lures you can fish. And two, because it dictates, you know, the, the size of the fish you can catch with it. You know, we all have those examples where you're using a light power rod and you caught a muskie. Um, but that's not what that power is specifically designed for. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't take out a light power rod and use that to go muskie fishing. You would use a, an ultralight or a light specifically for things like panfish. Um, so keep that in mind, like I said, when you're going to make that purchase, think about what you're specifically using it for. Yes, there's some rods that can be done as kind of a do-it-all, but it's good to, to have uh, that specific technique or specific species in mind, at least when you're going to make a, a power-related rod decision. Yeah, you talked about kind of musky versus panfish. How about, how about fish that are pretty similar? Uh, if we take a look at something like a, if I'm a big bass fisherman compared to a walleye fisherman, what, what are we kind of looking at there as far as power goes? Yeah, so typically um, with the more finesse techniques, it's more of a medium light power. And then as you transition to the, you know, slightly more aggressive, you might see a medium or medium heavy. In certain bass techniques, you will see heavy power rods used. Uh, you know, if people are frog fishing, things like that. But for the most part, especially on the spinning rod setup, it, it would really be, you know, a medium light to a medium. And then in the casting setup, you're pro probably going to see more of that medium heavy to the occasional heavy. All right. Now let's talk about action. And again, like you said, a lot of people kind of put uh, power and action together. And sometimes it can yep. get really confusing because the terms are pretty similar. Uh, we talked about ultralight, heavy, medium. With action, we say things like extra fast, fast, moderate, fast, moderate, slow so what's the difference so really what action is is where the rod bends under pressure so when you take that rod and you set the hook on a fish where is it bending you know is it bending within the first few inches of the rod or is it bending in the middle like a, a noodle style rod so with certain techniques there's going to be you know a, a tool that's better for that specific job for example if you are like a drop shot fisherman or a vertical jig fisherman you'd want something that's more of an extra fast action because it transitions into that backbone so quickly. Um, if you're fishing something like a crankbait, that's where you'd want like a moderate or moderate fast action. Um, you know, and then fast actions are kind of like the, the do it all. You can, you can do pretty much everything with a fast action rod, but there's going to be scenarios where you're having an extra fast or better. And there are scenarios where having a moderate or moderate fast action is better. Um, you know, like I said, if uh, if you're looking for the kind of that do-it-all rod, something in that that fast action is going to going to be more versatile than an extra fast or a moderate. 
Yeah, and I think that that's kind of one of the things that, that would always confuse me is like, what is the difference? And um, when you see that yeah. fast action rod, there's just not, you know, the, the bend stops really fast. Like it's, it, you hit the yes. backbone very quickly with that. Um, and one of the things that I've seen a few different times that shows is, you know, you see this all the time. People walk up, they grab a hold of the, the end of the rod and they bend it over. And I've seen people do that and just snap them right off because they're kind yep. of reaching in the middle of the rod and then they go to go to bend it. And it's like that's where the backbone was and they break it right off. So one of the right. things that that, uh, you know, a few guys have talked to me about is when you see consumers do that, you know, they really recommend kind of grabbing that that, you know, end eye on the rod and bending the rod from there. So that way, no matter what that action is, you're going to be able to see it and not potentially damage the rod. So when you're, when you're looking at rods and you're, uh, you know, you got your hands on them, you know, try to kind of grab that last eye and do the bend. Cause that's going to give you that opportunity to see where that curve is when you go to do it. And you're not going to, you know, it's pretty embarrassing to, to break a rod in, in a store, especially if somebody's there watching <laughs> you. And, and, you know, if no one's there watching you, hopefully you're honest enough to, to fess up to it. But a lot of times those rods just get put back up on the on the rack and they get discovered later on that uh, you've got yourself a, a rod that got broken in the store. Right, right. So that's something to take take a look at. Um, but just remember that kind of the, that fast, the, the backbone loads up faster closer to the tip and all the way down to slow, basically, you know, it, it'll load up all the way down almost to the handle. So that moderate, right. moderate fast that Blake was talking about kind of, kind of is in the middle there. And that's, you know, the rod, if you're looking for kind of a rod, that's kind of a do all, you know, that would be where you go. What about guys who are out trolling, Blake? Uh, if you're going to go out and do some walleye trolling out on your favorite lake, what would you recommend there? Yeah, for me, I would lean more towards a moderate or moderate fast, just because with those light hooks, basically what having those slower actions will do is it helps kind of keep fish pinned because it's a more parabolic bend with that rod. So it almost just the way that that rod loads up is is better for applications like crankbaits, you know, bladed jigs, chatterbaits. Uh, anytime you're trolling, th that would be a much better choice than uh, an extra fast action because it just the way that rod is designed to, to basically absorb those head shakes, um, absorb the, the action of the lure. So that, that would be my recommendation. Um, you know, if you're a, a vertical jigger or you like to drop shot or slip bobber fish, something where you have a lot of line out or you need to be able to set the hook really quick, that's where you lean on the, the extra fast actions. Uh, if you're doing something like throwing a jig in a plastic or a swim bait, a fast action is pretty much perfect for that scenario. So that, that's kind of, I guess, the way that I, uh, I look at things. All right. There's, a, there's another choice to make when you're out buying. You, you see, typically you'll see carbon rods and glass rods. Um, that's kind yep. of what they typically come in. Uh, the manufacturers usually go out and buy these in blanks, and then they kind of do their thing with it. Uh, what, what is the difference? What am I going to notice with a carbon rod that I wouldn't notice with a glass rod? So really, I mean, they kind of dominate the two major, they're the two major categories, I guess, for rod materials. There, there's some, you know, hybrids, some carbon glass blends, like different uh, combinations of the two, but really it's carbon and glass. So carbon rods, are, they're more based for, for feel. So that's like your applications where you need to have sensitivity, where that is super advantageous. So that would be, again, things like 
jig fishing, uh, drop shotting. That is really important to have a carbon-based rod. Uh, <clears throat> with the glass rods, that's they don't have that same level of sensitivity, but where they're advantageous is that you know they are, it's a softer material, so it can absorb those head shakes and stuff better, uh, better for keeping fish pinned. So that's where you know those or those types of rods would excel more, like with those similar things like crank baits, um, chatter baits, bladed jigs, trolling. Uh, that's where those would really, <clears throat> really excel. Anytime you have a moving bait, uh, glass rods will have somewhat of an advantage just because they can keep those fish pinned better, uh, and they don't. Those techniques don't require the same amount of sensitivity. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, of, of um, kind of, there's lots of different manufacturers out there. They've got a lot yep. of different names for these rods. Um, you know, some companies will just say, you know, this is a 510 medium fast. And then you just kind of figure out what what's that's going to work for and, and what you're going to want. Um, other companies out there are going to give clues. They'll name things like, uh, you know, jig rod or whatever. You know, they'll be a little more specific about it. Uh, so. If somebody's out there and they're shopping for for rods and a lot of times you also have these rods where you know we may be looking at something that's got similar specs on it. maybe they're both you know seven foot rods with um you know medium fast action but the price points are way different uh, even if in one line let's say st croix you know they've got you know a less expensive rod and a more expensive rod with real similar kind of uh traits to it what are the difference differences between something that would be more of a, a price point type rod to more of a higher end rod what kind of things are going to be in that higher end rod that maybe we'd miss out on if we didn't spend as much yeah so if you looked at a, a higher end rod versus a lower end rod you're going to see a number of different things so yeah the the length the action the power might be exactly the same but what you're where you're really going to notice the difference is with the overall composition. So <clears throat> typically, the main driver behind the price increase uh, to that higher end rod is the carbon that they're using in the blank itself. Uh, beyond that, there's things like guides. You know, there's guides that excel um, in different scenarios. They're more durable. Uh, castability is greater than some of the lower end ones. You might see some um, advantages in the real seat or kind of the handle configuration. Uh, so those are some of the other things to take into consideration when you're purchasing a rod and deciding, you know, do I go with this lower end one? Do I go with this higher end one? Um, one other thing I wanted to kind of elaborate on there when you were talking about different rod manufacturers is companies like St. Croix. I love that they uh, cater these rods to specific anglers. So they have series um, and there's other companies that do this as well. But for example, like the Icon. So those rods are all tailored to walleye specific applications. Yes, there's a ton of rods in there that you could use for other applications. I know I use some icons for pan fishing. I use some icons for smallmouth fishing, but those rods are specifically designed for walleye fishermen. Um, then there's the Mojo Muskie series, which is a bunch of rods that are designed specifically for muskie anglers. Um, and what they do in a lot of those series is they, they try to take the guesswork out of it. So you know that if you're looking for a vertical jigging rod or a snap jigging rod, um, a lot of times there's a little uh, clue there because they will name that rod the vertical jig rod in the Icon series or the jerk bait in the Legend Tournament Bass. So it really just helps take some of that guesswork out of there and help make your decision a lot easier. So it's just, uh, just another thing to take into account when you're going into a store looking for a new rod. All right. Uh, 
Blake, if I told you uh, you're going to fish the rest of the year, all summer long, and you only get to use one rod for everything you're going to do, what would you yep. choose? Oh, man, that is a that is a very difficult decision. Um, for me, it would for sure be uh, medium light power, uh, probably something in that six and a half to seven foot range. Uh, medium light power, simply because I could do everything from panfish uh, to walleyes to smallmouth. And if I, you know, came across the occasional pike or something, I'd be fine as well. Um, something in that six, six to seven foot range, because I can do a lot of different techniques with that. I can, you know, do techniques that are close to the boat, but I also have some, some blank there to make some decent casts. Um, and then probably a fast action, just because that fast action is the most versatile. Um, I can do things like vertical jig. I don't have to worry about, you know, that rod bending into the middle of the blank before I get into backbone. Um, so that, that for me, it would be something, you know, six and a half to seven feet, medium light power, fast action. Very good. And I think that's a, that is, like you said, that is kind of the do it all type of rod. Uh, one thing I would yep. caution people though, is if you're going to go out and buy something that's panfish specific, and then you start, you know, throwing big baits and stuff like that with it, just because that's the rod you have in your boat. Uh, that's a good way to break your rod. So um, be careful yes. when you're trying to get real specific, especially if you like to fish a lot of different types of fish. Um, you know, a lot of people at this point, you know, they know they're good at something and that's kind of what they do and they can go and buy that specific rod. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you like to go pan fishing, but you also go musky fishing, you're going to have to buy two rods, guys. Yes. <laughs> like that's, yep. just, that's just the way buy, it goes. Buy two. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Blake, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and I knew you'd be great at this and kind of breaking all that down for everybody. And, uh, you do a really good job of explaining things and making it simple for people to understand. So uh, I think that if someone's out there and they're looking for a rod for this summer or even in the fall, there's nothing better than fall fishing. Uh, this is uh, should be good stuff for them. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. All right. For Blake, I'm Chris. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.